Aw, yes, it's that time of the week. Grab your new books and put in your earbuds. Welcome back to the comics that we love, a show where I sit down with a guest each week to take our favorite stories in comics and dissect what makes them great. Sometimes the creators themselves will join in and help us understand their process and how they attack their work. I am your growing stack of comics that you fully intend to read but somehow never get to, and podcast host Zach McCrary. This week was fantastic. For once, I had a little downtime between things that I had to read for future deep dives and or guest appearances, and so I jumped all over the opportunity to hit some of the books in my lengthy queue of comics. So that's going to be this week's episode. Let me tell you all about the cool stuff I read, and I think you should read too. Who doesn't love a good recommendation? But before we dive into my psyche and learn what makes me tick through the comic books I choose to read, I would like to let you know that if you want to support the show, you can hang some dollars on the money tree over at patreon.com forward slash tctwl. We'll give you a shout out on the show, and there are levels for cool stuff like getting episodes a few days before their normal drop date, as well as my extra show, The post credit Scene, where me and my guests continue our conversation after recording the comics that we love, plus more coming soon. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash tctwl. And now, without further ado, let's do the thing that we all love to do the most. Let's friggin' talk about comics. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's... that we love where to start where to start there were so many good books that i have in my stack i just okay so the first book i want to talk about is actually an update from my trip to vietnam i reread issue number one of indigo children as well as reading issues two and three for the first time this one is via Image Comics, is created by Kurt Pyers and Rockwell White, scripts from Kurt Pyers, art is Alex Diatote, Diatote, I believe is how it's said, colors from D. Cunif, and letters by Hassan Ottoman Elihu. This is the story of a reporter who has become fascinated by the urban legend of the Indigo Children, which is... In this story appears to be children with special powers who were Martians that have been reincarnated on Earth. One main character is given a VHS recording of one of these kids and is now hot on the trail. And that that character is like a he's a an investigative reporter. So my initial reaction to this series when I read issue number one in Vietnam was that the art was great, very grounded with a bend heavily towards realism. Everyone looks just like another normal human being that and the coloring was really what was setting it off and adding a special layer to the story. The story itself had me hooked, as I really wasn't sure what to expect. I liked the idea of a mystery comic about a guy trying to get to the bottom of who these kids are slash were, and why their existence has become so secret. 
I was excited for more of that. That's not what I wound up getting. However, as the second and third issues shift focus to the children themselves, a little older now, as they reconnect with one another to complete their mission. We start to see all of their powers, and slowly, the mystery of why they have been kept under wraps all this time is beginning to become more clear. Our hard-boiled reporter has become relegated to sidekick status, and the focus is on the kids. I'm not necessarily complaining. I'm very much enjoying the story and seeing this group reunite. I'm definitely curious to see where it goes from here, as they promise to save the world and make it better. But a sci-fi comic solely about a hard-boiled journalist trying to learn the truth and getting caught up in stuff beyond himself was really what drew me in. There's still this mystery involved, but it's second fiddle now to the kids and their mission. Still, I think this book is absolutely worth checking out. Issue 2 wastes no time in picking up where the first leaves off, and the pedal has been pressed to the floor since then. So if you're into sci-fi with a grounded, real art style, I'd say Indigo Children is a book you should check out. Issue 4 drops June 28th of 2023. Also, this is a fun aside, uh, Maynard James Keenan of the band Tool has another project called Pussifer. They have a track called Indigo Children. The original is good, but I freaking love the JLE dub mix of Indigo Children. And it fits the book pretty well, actually, because the idea of indigo children is borrowed from an actual pseudoscientific theory. That wasn't Pyre's and White's idea. Anywho, yeah, next book. This one is also from Image Comics, a sci-fi action comic with badass chicks in mechs called The Forged. I read issues one through three of it because that's all that's out right now. It was created by a favorite of mine, Mr. Greg Rucka, as well as Eric Troutman, with art by Mike Henderson, colors from Nolan Woodard, and letters from Ariana Marr. This has the makings of a big sci-fi world that could continue to be played around in. We are dropped into a future humanity who has been traversing the stars for like eight millennia, And I've still not made contact with any other sentient life. Lots of creatures to deal with, but nothing smarter than just being able to survive. There's a bit of a Dune thing going on as we uh, have what appears to be an immortal empress who is surrounded by a tribe of witches who are all clones of her. Also, clones of the empress are called the Forged. They are badass warrior women in mechs who are sent into bad situations in small teams to deal with whatever problems might be had. We follow the leader of one of those teams, Victory, and her squad as they get unknowingly dropped into a very dire situation that includes the act of first contact with a sentient species who is pissed and wants to see humanity destroyed. The characters of Squad Scimitar C are fun, likable military character tropes that you see in lots of military movies where they need you to like the cast quick. And it worked! I immediately like these women, and the Cassandras, who are those witches I mentioned before, are a fascinating lot that I'm looking forward to hopefully getting deeper backstory on. The action is balls to the wall in this comic, and after spending maybe half the first issue building us up, and, and it's it's been a blast ever since. It's finished its first arc, three issues. Each issue is double the normal comic. Like, 
what do they call that prestige format whatever the issues are like 50 to 60 pages of action and there's a bunch of great back matter that really helps flesh out the universe that rucka and troutman are trying to make you care about i love mech stuff big battletech kid back in the day if you don't know battletech look into it and read anything from michael a stackpole but i digress the forged is awesome can't wait till issue four drops towards the end of September. I'm sad I have to wait so damn long. A book I was really excited to sit down and read was Peacemaker Tries Hard. The DC Black Label book written by one of my new favorite writers, Kyle Starks, with art from legendary Steve Pugh, colors from Jordi Belair, and letters by Becca Carey. I read the first two issues of this comic and had a great time in the process. If you enjoyed the John Cena-led show on Max, then you'll enjoy Peacemaker Tries Hard. Every cue you can think of is taken from that show. Peacemaker is clearly drawn as closely to John Cena as they could without having to pay John Cena. The dialogue sounds like what you'd get from the show. They alter Peacemaker's background just enough to fully match the show, or it seems so thus far anyway. But don't be discouraged by that. That's not what I mean. Uh, I don't. I don't want you to think that that is a negative. The James Gunn iteration of Peacemaker is the only version worth bothering with. <laughs> Let's be honest. So give Kyle Starks a black label book to bring that version into DC continuity proper. That was a stroke of genius. The first two issues are a fast and easy read that drop you right into Peacemaker's life. It's a bunch of fun. So yeah, check out Peacemaker tries hard if you're old enough. So I also checked out the first two issues of a book from Mad Cave Studios called Monomyth. This one is written by David Hazan, art from Cecilia Lovalvo, colors from Marissa Luis, and letters from Lucas Gattoni. I'm really digging this one. We're two issues in, and the elevator pitch I'd give is Saw meets Harry Potter meets Squid Game. There's this ancient wizard who uses the last of his power to cast a spell, but we never learn specifically what that spell was, not yet anyway. Then we flash from medieval times to today, where the phantom of that wizard appears to seven people and transports them to a creepy dark land with a big creepy castle. They meet this homunculus, which is like an alchemically created person. Is alchemically a word? It's created through alchemy. Uh, anywho, yeah. This, this thing keeps calling them wizards, and apparently they all have to pass a bunch of tests for something. They're each given a magic wand or staff that, if you use it, can have serious consequences. Like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, magic, you know, when you put something out, something comes back. The art fits this story so well. Lo Valvo's art is intricate. It has a very scratchy look, like the line work isn't super thick or defined, it's very light and wispy. What really gives everything definition is the amazing use of shadow and color. I think it's perfect for a book that you could label either fantasy, horror, or both, and still be right. Not for the faint of heart, though. This one has some nasty scenes, but I am very curious to see where we're going from here. And and don't be don't be uh, don't be alarmed. Like there, there are, you know, there's just a couple scenes that are a little, there's a little bit of blood and a little bit of craziness, but I, I don't think it's overboard. It's not gratuitous. This next one has really captivated me. 
It's tugged on my heartstrings and really has me wondering where it's going. And that's the book from Image Comics on the one-man art imprint called Something Epic. The man behind all of this is Simon Kudransky, who very recently did the Doctor Strange Damnation event book. He's a writer, illustrator, and translator with an assist from Atom Morwill. The only thing he didn't do was lettering. That was DC Hopkins. I struggle to tell you about this comic. First of all, it is absolutely stunning. Kudransky's art is gorgeous and heavily focused on realism. Like, well, a lot of it is anyway. Our main character is a little boy whose mother is dying from cancer. And part of what's happened in the first two issues is us getting his internal monologue about dealing with watching his mother slowly fade away. I'll be honest with you, that part of this comic hits me really deeply, having been that son watching his mother slowly be eaten away by cancer, so I immediately connected with this book. But there's something special about that boy too. He sees things in the world that no one else can. Basically, so far, it seems like everything that we create with our imaginations actually blinks into existence out in the world. So, all around him at all times are like cartoon vampire cats, or superheroes, or anime bad guys, or even pixelated ninjas from video games. But he's just used to it, and generally doesn't interact. There is someone else who can apparently see the stuff too, but we don't know much about them yet. I'm guessing we're going to get filled in on why they have this ability. As of now, the story has been just so heavy and so real, and yet at the same time, just absolute absurd fantasy. It really plays in the magical realism realm thanks to these crazy things happening that no one bats an eye at in the comic. And it's so wild to see the the juxtaposition of the different art styles that Kudransky is able to bring to the table here. Because, like I said, you're getting everything from what looks like a Hanna-Barbera character interacting with a pixelated, uh, you know, ninja from a video game. Or, or talking to a very pulp horror vampire character. Uh, there's some guys that look like straight out of Dragon Ball Z or like Akira or something like that. There's It's everything. Everything you can think of is just wandering the world. It's just that most people can't see that it's there. So I'm 100% invested in something epic. And you should be too. It's a book that everyone should be reading. Just period. The last book I want to talk about with you comes from Kickstarter. And I actually did an episode on it with its creator, Geek History Lessons' own Jason Inman. That was way, way back in the day. Like, back in episode 16 of the show. And that comic is called Super Best Friend. Jason, uh, our writer, with art through the three issues by George Cambadeus, Jordi Perez, and Alavon Ortiz, with letter from Taylor Esposito. Letters from Taylor Esposito. I tweeted about this when my copies came in the mail, but man, it feels super cool to get to take part in watching fun stuff come to life. I mean, I threw money at something that someone else had a great idea for. I agreed, this is a great idea, let's make it happen. And look at that, boom, it happens, and now the series is complete. I'll keep saying it. It's become my catchphrase lately, but support indie comics. If you do, you get to have cool feelings when the finished work comes in the mail like I did. 
So I had PDFs of the completed series, all three issues, but I really wanted to wait until I got the physical books in my hand. So I read those this week, and man, what a fun read. So imagine, if you will, Jimmy Olsen started following Superman around and doing Instagram lives of all of his exploits, but accidentally then did a live feed where Superman's secret identity got revealed. That's exactly what happens in this book. Captain Terrific's best friend and videographer, Matty Moore, goofs, and the world learns his best friend's secret identity. Jason wrote this book to harken back to Silver Age comics, the story that has kind of a uh, that kind of flow and narration. The, the plot moves quickly and is a lot of fun. Very easy read. And I don't mean that in a snobby looking down on it way. I mean that it's a great story with clear and concise writing that didn't need 40 bubbles on each page. Jason does a great job of letting us get to know our heroes quickly and letting us fall into their drama of what's unfolding for them. And our artists do a great job of filling in any necessary gaps, uh, you know, story-wise with, with the amazing things that they do on each page. Along the way, we meet his arch nemesis, Citizen Tyranny, and a bunch of other cool heroes and villains that Jason could easily revisit someday in their own work. It's the beginnings of a superhero universe, but it doesn't have to be if you're just looking for a good story about friendship and trust and learning to believe in yourself. Super Best Friend was fun and had a solid message. If you want to read it, you can buy it from Jason Inman's website. Just give it a Google search. It's worth your time, in my opinion. And uh, him being a, a Kansas farm boy himself, there's there's a couple really fun nods to various iterations of Superman in this book, uh, which I thought were a lot of fun, like the electric Superman and cyborg Superman, that kind of stuff. It's it's a good time. It's a good read. If I recall, Jason told me that he actually, like this originally was a an idea for a script pitched to DC with Superman and and Jimmy Olsen but then you know it didn't happen and he decided you know what I am proud of this story I'm gonna bring it to life myself and I'm glad he did I'm glad he did and that's all I have time that's all I had time to read this week now it's back to preparing for my next huge recording session I'll give you a little preview I'll be reading the acclaimed Green Lantern event Blackest Night I've only ever read maybe like three issues of Green Lantern in my whole life, and all of them were Kyle Raynard's run as Green Lantern, actually. So I'm thrilled to get a chance to see what all the fuss is about. And that's it for me. Thanks for tuning in. Let me know if you read any of these books and enjoyed them. You know my socials, and I'm about to repeat them. Now. And that's a wrap for this week. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star review and leave us a user review on your favorite podcast app. It'll really help the show continue to grow and find new listeners. You know what else will? Tell a friend. Tell 10. If they like comics, they should know about the comics that we love. If you want to support the show and get lots of extra podcasts and other content as well, there is a Patreon that helps keep the lights on and internet connected so that we can continue bringing you that sweet nerd media. Links to that in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the show, and as always, keep reading, keep dreaming, peace. The Comics That We Love